Hi there. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, guys. Good to see you. You're on early. Happy Friday. How's it going? Happy Friday, everybody. It is January the 6th, 2023. I almost said 2013. <laughs> Let's not go back that far. Anyway, I hope you guys have had a great week. I'm Dr. Missy Hood with the 50-Minute Rev, and this is Ezekiel's Wheel. So I'm welcoming you guys to the new year. If this is my first time to talk to you, I'm going to try to get my... Get this. I've got an appointment right after this, so I've got to kind of... I'm not going to rush. I want to uh, make sure I get to my appointment on time. But I, I do have some interesting points to talk to you guys about today because I feel like the Lord is bringing us from burnout to breakthrough. Um, he's bringing us from burnout to breakthrough. And if you've been experiencing burnout, um, if you're exhausted, physically exhausted, um, and not really knowing how to step back in, to uh, tap back in, um, this is going to be a word for you today, actually, because God is doing a new thing now. He's bringing the body um, out of burnout. And you should have started out of it the mid, mid part of December. If you felt that shift in the spirit, where there, and it went from being in warfare mode, active duty mode, to where you were really, really alert, really trying to stay attentive to what was going on around you as an intercessor. And then all of a sudden it shifted like overnight. That's where we entered into God's rest. And it's been going on ever since. And so now um, God is bringing us out of burnout because that's where we were. I think a lot of us were actually there. We were already there. So I'm going to explain a little bit about that, what that, what that entails to you. Um, and how what God is doing to bring you out of it. But the title for today's 15-minute rev is Burnout to Breakthrough, Moving Out of Warped Love and Returning Back to True Love. He's moving us out of a warped sense of what we perceive love to be, for those who will listen, and moving us back into all truth, back into, for those who will listen, uh, back into the deep, the deepest part of his heart. And so since December the 2nd, God has had us in a new realm or a new place of rest where God is refreshing. He's restrengthening. He's beginning the deep inner healing process that I was prophesying to you all through December. I didn't release a prophetic word this year because God had me prophesying all through the month of December. It's never happened before. I've, I've never received so much prophetic revelation in my life because it usually starts like the last week of December, but I was kind of glad he did it like that because he really, really, um, thank you so much. Um, he, he really, really, um, is going to be doing a lot of work on our hearts this year, a lot of work on the body on the part of the body that will listen. And so, um, we've moved back into traction point one. I told you guys that if C1, C2, C3, We've got from January 1 through April the 30th to do this cleansing part. Now, if you don't get it all done, January 1, April 30th, that means you're going to go into C2 uh, through a lot of pressure. Probably a lot of the body, 75% of the body is probably going to be experiencing this pressure because that was also prophesied that this year would be a year of pressure for people who hadn't listened. And so we're entering back into C1 in the tribe of Dan. Under the sign of Capricorn, remember, the Zodiac is the enemy's heart. Where That's the flesh. It represents the flesh. Where the Mazaroth is God's heart, the tribe of Dan. Both have equally negative attributes. Matter of fact, all the signs do. All the tribes do. We're going to be helping you this year learn how to work your way through the weaknesses, how to get delivered from your bloodline. If you have a bloodline cursings brought on by the weaknesses of the signs, and the tribes, because we know what each tribe did, it disqualified or to be qualified. And so we're going to be walking you through that this year. So, But we're having to get rid of the weaknesses of these tribes, and of these signs, and, and being able to listen to follow, to being able to follow God and to follow orders so that our personality weaknesses don't get in the way. Um, if you know anything about Dan, Dan was a bloody warrior. Um, he came out. We've just come out of um, war season, a war season to where we, I just explained to you, we've just stepped into a different place of rest now, but we have to know when to rest. We have to know when to give 
God the reins of our lives so that we don't get out of alignment with him, which is what he's teaching us about in this season. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned here. So while he's doing all that, also bringing us into all truth and out of warped love, he's bringing us out of a warped sense of perception and how we thought love was God is love versus who he says he is, which means you're going to have to come into all truth in order to find that out. And again, 75% of the church is stuck in the apparatus of religion with all of its warped mindsets, which mean their perception of God and love are wrong. We're all wrong. So what do I mean by that? If, if God is bringing the true remnant into all truth and he is all truth and he's all love, <clears throat> and a vessel is operating out of another spirit of religion, then that vessel and heart is not operating in God. They think that they are, but they're not. It's only, it's a version. It looks like, feels like, but it's not. It doesn't feel like actually it's cold, to be honest with you. So when they're not operating in truth. They're operating in, a, in their version of who they think he is versus who he says he is. So remember, love's ways are not our ways. Okay. And in order to come back into love and truth, it means we're going to have to course correct in order to step back, come back into it, which we never should have gotten away from it. I'll get into that here in a second. So we're going to have to start with ourselves in order to see which part of our thinking and our heart condition is in denial of God's truth. That's what he's saying to us this year. He's telling us, and you're going to find this year, by the way, a lot of the prophets, you think the prophets are getting right now you haven't seen anything yet you haven't seen anything they're fixing to get so brutally honest with a lot of the body a lot of the body are going to be like on overload mark my word um what i'm sensing by the spirit because we have so many dogged what do they say i think it's called a dogged spirit where they're so uh determined to be right and in the face when god's in their face with the truth and they're still so determined to prove God wrong that literally we're going to lose a lot of people this year. Um, it's been prophesied that we're going to have a lot of funerals this year. Um, I believe it's, it's tied into judgment. It's tied into disobedience. So we're going to be seeing a lot of that this year. But when you deny the truth, when the true prophets are coming to you and you know the Bible says this, the book of Deuteronomy, when You've heard the truth of the Lord and you know it's the truth of the Lord. Yet you're so arrogant and full of pride or dogged to prove that your way is right or more righteous over God. You cannot prove a holy God wrong. You can't. So this is a year where we with an about face and we come into who God says he is or you stay on the outside like the five virgins and you miss your whole birthright you miss destiny. You miss what God wants to do. You're going to be coming up and out. Hopefully that's you this year, which means we're going to have to start with ourselves again to see which part of our thinking and heart conditions are in denial. And, and if you know anything about truth, I'm just as human as you guys are. Um, we live in a society where nobody likes to hear the truth about themselves, especially about themselves. And we especially are coming out of previous generations who didn't talk about the truth very much. I think until, uh, I think that they were more apt to acknowledge the truth when it was in their face, as opposed to this current generation. Our current generation gets so offended by the truth that when you point it out to them, even the generations that are currently existing prior to us, get so offended by the truth when you're presenting it to them that they will deny, 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 and skirt the issue, whatever it takes, in order to have to keep from having to acknowledge it. And so, pardon me, what we're dealing with is a spirit of perversion where people are so, they just don't want to deal with it. They really don't want to deal with it. And we saw that in prior generations when our prior generations just didn't talk about issues. There were certain things you never talked about. Remember that? your family, like with your parents, I just didn't talk about it. Like, shh, shh, we don't talk about that. We'll talk about that after the kids go to bed or things like that. You know how that mentality works. 
or they just didn't acknowledge that there were elephants in the room. This is a year where the elephants in the room are fixing to be exposed. Everything's going to be exposed. You're going to be talking about everything. You want to go further in God's spirit and in God's heart. You are going to be willing to acknowledge your heart condition. If you're the elephant in the room, you're going to have to acknowledge some truths about yourself or you're going to stay stuck. And you don't have anybody to blame but yourself when this happens because God is giving everybody ample opportunity to change. But when it comes down to the truth, in all honesty, nobody likes admitting. Okay. So we can dismiss it. And, and it's easy to dismiss one voice telling you bad things about yourself. It's hard, you know, but we just kind of have a tendency to dismiss that as a personality conflict, I think. But when you have two to three to four or five different prophetic voices around you saying the same thing, um, it's definitely time for you to come out of denial and how you yourself because everybody likes to think that they're the greatest thing since pumpkin pie. Everybody likes to think that. But when your ways are getting in the way of people dwelling together in Christ and you, it's time for change. And we're seeing a whole lot of that in the church right now. We're seeing a whole lot of that in society. But if, if God's truth be known and you really want to acknowledge some honesty, why do you think people don't show you the bad side about themselves first? They hide that part. It's a side of themselves that they themselves despise. So if you think you despise it, you imagine how God feels. And, and the saddest part is that as God, as truth walks into the room, God's spirit brings in pressure. Um, <laughs> I do too. Um, but God's spirit being, brings in pressure. So when God's spirit comes in on another vessel, forces all other spirits not aligned with it to manifest so that's why you can't hide the truth about yourself this is why this year you might as well just get used to acknowledging things about yourself and saying okay god here it is and going before him and saying you know here it is i i'm awful at this or I, i've got this and you know you've got things about yourself the heart can't deny its own bitterness the heart can't deny its own heart condition it can't deny it you know yourself Believe me, God knows you. <laughs> he made you. But the true sides that God is going to be showing us of ourselves this year is the true nasty, nasty side of ourselves that we've refused to acknowledge. So our hearts will depict a very, very different truth or a very dark side that sometimes reflects Satan's heart, not God's. And the truth is that God is trying to get Satan his spirit or the resonance of his spirit residue of his spirit out of you so that there's only room for God. That's what he's doing. It comes in through your bloodline. It comes in through personal sin, but the faster you're willing to deal with it, the faster you come up in the spirit, the more firepower you get without it. You're going to be firepowerless. It will be powerless. Your prayers will not move anything. Just move your mouth. That's a waste of time. I'm not into wasting time. I'm not here just to hear myself talk. And I don't think God is either. But if we want to come into God's glory, then we're going to have to be willing to deal with some truths about how far we've compromised in our own behaviors in order to satisfy our own selfish desires, as well as our needs, in order to manipulate our way into getting what we wanted, what we want, instead of what God wants. And when I was writing this down, I was thinking, golly, have we done that? Uh, yeah, I guess we have. We really have. Because we see so much of this in the church right now. Where you see so many people buying prove to people that they're important, that they're worthy. They're trying to make their own way into leadership, trying to force and manipulate, come up alongside of certain leaders in order to make a name for themselves. And, and we, it's not just in the church. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody's using everybody to get somewhere. But that's not how God does things. God lifts men up and he tears them down. But what the problem really exists, what problem really exists is that we're not waiting on God. You're not willing to wait on God for him to lift you up in due season, for him to add his supernatural. You're trying to do it yourself. And it's not just in this area. It's in all areas. 
You're trying to be your own God. So this is where he's trying to show us who's God and who's not. This is why you're in rest mode right now to show you how he can take care of you even while you're at rest, while you're taking a test. Okay, you're in a test right now. See if you're going to let him have the reins of your life until he takes you into a new season to start uh, utilizing your vessel again if you're obedient in this season. You can't go further without being obedient. First thing I told you to do. So this is what causes burnout, by the way. And by the way, not only does it cause burnout, when you decide to try to be your own God, you're settling for seconds. Did you know that? Because can't nobody bless you like a holy God can. And when you're willing to wait on him and his truth and his way, you'll be blessed beyond measure. I don't know about, I don't know how many times you've ever waited and prayed about things to God. <clears throat> and when it finally comes in, it's bigger and better than you ever could have imagined it to be. That's what, that's the blessing of waiting on God and letting him be God in your life. Instead of you trying to be your own provider, you're trying to make things happen. That's the blessing of being and allowing him to do things for you. So this brings me the burnout in the body in the past war season. And, you know, I was talking to our teams today about burnout to breakthrough. And I believe that God is now moving us back into the deepest part of his hearts if we'll get honest with ourselves. But again, there's no condemnation. It's just the next tool you're going to need to utilize if you're going to move farther to God's spirit. You're going to have to wrap your head around that. And you're going to have to quit being like, oh, God, if he sees part of myself, he's going to hate me. And if people knew who I really was, believe me, they know who you are. And people see your bad side. They discern if you're prophetic, you see stuff. We all see stuff about each other. doesn't mean I'm your God and I'm called to point it out. I'm called to pray for you. But trust me, prophetic voices see it. They're just, and they think they're hiding it. <laughs> That's a joke. They think they're hiding it from everybody else because no one's talking about it. Just because you don't talk about your nasty side doesn't mean it's not there. So this new tool, this next tool of honesty, honesty is the best policy. Um, it's not even a tool. It's just a characteristic. If you're willing to do it, you will go far in this life, go far in the kingdom. But that's how you're going to move into the deeper parts of God's heart, which means you're going to have to put away all preconceptions about who you think God is versus who he reveals himself to be. Season, which also includes the truth about who and what true love looks like. And acts like, I go there, God. Okay. It's interesting to me how people try to convince people, even in the church, they try to convince people of a version of God who to what do you say appease themselves or to it's like two wrongs make a right that's a good way of saying that the lord gave me this analogy about 20 years ago when i was talking to somebody that was central texas treatment center and it's interesting to me and you're going to run into people like this when you decide to change and they don't is that they have this mentality of two birds of a feather flock together two peas in a pod um two wrongs make a right because they want you to stay in their wrongness with them so that they can continue to stay dysfunctional. I'm not willing to do that anymore. I'm not willing to live your life with you. Anymore. You're going to find a lot of prophets not willing to do that this year. We're like, get your butt in gear. Get your butt into honesty with the Lord. God's calling you out. And matter of fact, God's already calling a lot of them out, a lot of leadership out. And saying, you get your butt in gear. Start getting into deliverance ministry. Everybody else has to do it. You're the one talking about it, but yet you've it yourself <clears throat> and and god is calling all people into all truth this year so can't give versions of who we want people to believe we are we definitely can't give false versions of who christ is because people know the true spirit of the lord when he walks in the room if you ain't got him you ain't got him because god walks in with all power on a vessel, so which means your vessel will, will stop housing a power. Your prayers will not go anywhere if you refuse to align with the Lord. Okay, so what brings on burnout? 
what brings on burnout? It occurs when a heart tries to be everything but who Christ says it is. Trying to be something you're not. You're not being true to yourself. You're not being authentic. But what are the stages of burnout? I wanted to educate you a little bit on this. I, I gave a little bit of this to our team today. I gave a more in-depth version than I'm going to give on here. But I feel like it's important to go over it again because I feel like the church really suffers with this. I feel like society really suffers with this. And, and I'm such a practical mind. If I know what I'm dealing with, then I know how I can work with God to remedy it. I can accept it a little bit better. So this is what got you into your false heart condition with, into this burnout. And by the way, your burnout didn't start just in the last year. It started years ago. It started years ago when you started trying to be your own God. You started trying to make things happen outside of God's will. A lot of us did. A lot of us did. There it goes. So these are the stages of burnout. And it takes a long time to build up. But it can have harmful effects on both your mental and your physical health. And now all your symptoms, if they begin piling up, you're going to begin to experience all these stages. But these are the 12 stages. And this is the biggest. The number one is this, where you want to try to prove yourself. Constantly. Constantly trying to prove yourself. People. Because you want people to know your worth. And so you, you, you get into this act of you're juggling too many plates, trying to take on more than you can chew. You bite off more than you can overcommit. If you're a leader, you're in ministry, hopefully. And you don't juggle your time well, so you bite off more than you can. And then you start getting, you start feeling it physically. Fail to keep priorities right within your family. It should be God, family. Are God's marriage, family, church. Those are the order. That's the order. God, marriage, family, church. But we have a lot of leaders who put church up above their family. Do that. If you want your relationships to be maintained. And then that leads, if you do this to number one, because they're constantly trying to prove themselves, hey, I'm good enough. That's usually driven by an unworthiness type of a mindset that's gone on probably since they were kids. But they start taking on more work. Why would you do that when you're already struggling? And so it's all self, it's all self and works driven. It's, it's a residue of religion. So they spend all their time working. They don't have family time. They don't have priority. So they're forgetting all of their needs. This is the third point. They forget about self needs. They're not sleeping as much, spending less time with friends, less time with spouses. And so they start developing this, this blame thing, this blaming others for things that they've created or things that situations they've allowed to be creative. So they're not taking responsibility because they're letting these subconscious needs drive them. Remember, God does not drive you beside still waters. He, he leads you. So when we allow all these psychological issues, these dysfunctions drive us in our walks with the Lord, something's already off. Something's already off. That, that leads to a, a leading or They start developing new values, and it's not God's values. It's not God's priorities. So they lose sight of family and friends because of this innate need be somebody and, and you know i can i can honestly this brought up in my spirit lord i used to know this young guy hung out with a another friend of mine whose family was very very well and this one of his friends was so determined he worked three jobs because he was going to be a millionaire by the age of 30 and i'm thinking you're going to kill yourself between 30 to achieve something that takes most people about 20 30 years Unless they're born into it. How stupid is that? And so we see, I, I just watched this young man almost work himself to death. And finally, after about a year and a half of that, he thought, I can't do this. Anymore. No, who could? Who could? Over money, for that matter. Only God gives you the power to get wealth. So if you don't know God, which he didn't, you're working yourself to death. 
That's that new set of values. But then they stay in this problem of denial. They get stuck in denial. Where you start criticizing everybody else around you because they're not stuck in your dysfunction with you. And they're saying, oh, they're lazy. You have impatience and you're getting agitated with everybody because they won't do what you think that they should be doing. That's not God. And then you begin to withdraw. Where you start to spend less time with people that care about you and more time alone. Because people lose patience with you now. They're like, I can't deal with the dysfunction anymore. You've either got to change you're becoming an elephant in this room. And people may not acknowledge it at first, but it's becoming, you're becoming a problem. It's your demand that everybody comply to your dysfunction. Then we'll see odd changes where people become a completely different person. They become very aggravated, moody. And everybody seems to tiptoe around that elephant now because they don't want to set you off in a rage fit. Everybody's afraid, and, and even relatives avoid you because they're like, oh, you got to watch out for so-and-so. They're, they really mm, nope, don't want to deal with them this holiday season. Don't even want to be around them because they're just so fickle. They're moody. Then you become depersonalized. You become like a robot because you don't know how to get out of what you're doing, which is a, an indicator that deliverance. You need some deliverance to get rid of these psychological roots that have been driving you. It's where you lose value in yourself and in others. You don't look at people as the gift that they once were to you. Do you understand relationships are a gift? Relationships are a gift. If people can't celebrate you, if they're only tolerating you instead of celebrating you, they're not your gift from God. But love is a gift from God. Those relationships love you gift from God. You need to cherish them. Prioritize and make time for them. Because all this other, the 10th on this list, leaves you feeling empty. So guess what happens then? This is where 75% of the body's at. You begin to try to fill that void yourself. Refuse out of your own pride to run to God, not allowing Him to fill your heart. And starting to try to be your own God. Oh, and nothing's working out. Uh-oh. Problem. Which usually brings in depression, where you start feeling signs of depression, like you're lost. I'd get tired of that. Start feeling helpless. Which brings in burnout. It's a burnout syndrome, which affects your mind, your body, and your spirit. Time to seek some help. Time to seek some help. So all these factors stem overload from lack of development. Everything we're seeing in the body of Christ right now, lack of development or growth, because we've got a lot of immature body of Christ that refuse to grow up and neglect. They don't want to acknowledge their own shortcomings, but they want to point out everybody else's. The Lord is saying in this season, why don't you sweep off the dust and off the dirt off your own front porch steps before you start looking at the, the dirt on somebody else's. It's time to start looking at ourselves, getting our own, our own houses cleaned up before we try to clean some or tell somebody else they need to clean their own house. That's not your place. You're not their judge. God is fed up with the body trying to play judge, jury, and execution over people. They've been given a small little iota of power, five-fold giftings. I see it in leaders. I see it in the sheep. I saw it 25 years ago, and I thought, boy, this could go south really fast. It did. And now we're going to add the courts of heaven to this whole room. We have a lot of screwed up people trying to utilize these tools, and they won't get their houses cleaned up. So you know what God's got to do now? He's drawing back his spirit from those vessels because he's fed up with people using his spirit and his scripture without his permission. They're called evil kings, queens, and priests. Well, fivefold ministers. They're Balaam's prophets, where they won't get their heart condition cleaned up. Their bitterness of soul, where they abuse the word and they abuse God's sheep, especially leaders. I've seen leaders do it. I've already talked a little about a little bit about what I've seen, and those people are being demoted left and right. God's warned you. 
So when these things occur, these factors occur, the overload, the lack of development, the growth and the, the, the neglect, if I can speak, forgive me, they cause tiredness, sudden sickness, a feeling of being overwhelmed. They cause a helplessness and a change in behavior. Mood changes, like you're cynical all the time. Angry. Angry at God. God didn't cause the problem. Got out of alignment. Reduced performance. You don't want to go back to church. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to be around it. But you can't run away from yourself. Where are you going to run? Which causes the withdrawal. So this leads us back to Genesis. 13, 5 through 21, where it talks about returning back from where you never should have left. I'm so excited to talk about this message because I've been waiting 35 years for this. God told me 35 years ago, he took me to heaven and it was after my dad had died, a year after my dad died. And I was really struggling with severe grief. I believe the Lord took me in one of many, many, many travels to heaven. I've been many, many times. I don't mean that arrogantly. I don't know why he allows me to get to go. I love it. I love it so much I want to stay. Please stop letting me come in the gates. I'm only allowed to come in when I'm summoned. Really bothers me, but it's just the way it is. That time, the first time that I went, um, I asked my dad and Jesus, standing beside him my dad was in a white robe and i asked him i said dad am i supposed to stay here with you and jesus told me no my dad said no he said god's going to use help bring the glory and the love back i had no clue what god was talking about back then but now i do now i do and i i just really really <laughs> I never dreamed as a society, even back then, that we would ever be such a loveless society like we are right now. Lack compassion, and they lack the joy of celebration and understanding how precious life, how precious one heart, how precious, how you never want to hurt heart. God looks at you like He sees your preciousness. But we've failed tremendously. I've seen church especially. God took me back into the church that year after my dad died. I thought God had sent me to a crazy train and a crazy mentalist. I thought, why? But he sent me back to see the condition of the church. And then I thought, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I had no clue. God was taking me into deliverance. So then all of a sudden the prophetic gifting show up. And here I am starting to speak things and I don't know what the heck it is. I've just always had to see things on people. And the church treats me like I'm some leper. So I got kicked out of that church and then I had to learn about the fire. Best thing that ever happened. I actually started finding finding truer heart. And so I've, I've been on this journey like you try to come back to this place that walked away from and why they ever walked away. Blue, I don't know what would ever make you want to walk away. Such a loving God. We see what it's done to society. And can't you see what it's done? Can't you see what it's done in your life, in your own life, where you feel empty? You feel like you never, you're not fitting in because people don't know how to love correctly and they're not seeing you through the eyes of Christ. And so they're trying to make you, they think love is versus who love truly. Whereas if you run into loving people, all they can do is dote all over you because they're too busy celebrating who God made you to be. And likewise, you to them. And so it's a give and a take. There's a reciprocal going on and you're constantly building each other up in love and building each other up in love, building each other up in love. And you're happy. You're happy. 
and the rest of these people, <laughs> they suck. They act mean. I'll just punt. They're mean. It's like, it must suck to be you. I want to tell them that. Bluntly. I said that one time in one of my jobs to this woman. It was such a bitter Jezebel. It just came out and I said, it must suck to be you, man. Having to look at yourself in the mirror every day. Your bitter self. Your bitterness of soul. And oh my God, I feel sorry for your family. They have to deal with you. Thank God I only have to deal with you when I'm here and I can avoid you at work. But that's what we're dealing with right now. And I'm sorry, that was rude to say that. but I don't care. Sometimes the truth hurts. I was so upset that day she went home. I told her that truth. That was probably the best gift I could have given her. You know that as, as rude as that came across to probably some of you online. Best gift you could give somebody is to tell them the truth. So we we're learning to return back where we never should have left. This is actually the place that Abraham found himself, even while he was a very wealthy man. He was truly wealthy and but he knew the difference and he knew the value of maintaining his tent and his altar. Time with God. He didn't let anything come between God. And it's where he sought the Lord himself. The true king's decree. And when you get a true king's decree, this is the new place. You've got an evil king, queen, and priest. Those are man's, that's a fleshly man's decree. Man can decree the word all day long, but your word's not going to hold up in court. Only the judges will. True judges will. That's the true king's decree. So when you learn to seek God about a matter, any matter, that is the true king's decree. Haggai 2.23. See, God has his own signet ring. A king has a signet ring, but the Lord himself has his own signet ring. So when you're busy trying to think you're all that in a bag of chips with your little Daniel 6.8 scripture, and you're making your not holding up in court it falls to the ground you want to know why because you're taking it upon yourself to play judge jury and executioner you're not the judge the only authority you have in the courts of heaven is to come and bring a charge against people and if it's legitimate if you have a good heart condition good pure and lovely if it's the truth if it's based in truth it will hold up in court if it's not it falls to the ground you want to know why because you refuse to deal with you all these people speaking spirits operating through all these vessels, charging God's people. It's a strategy. You got to learn to seek the Lord first. But when a prophetic voice seeks out the Lord's truth about a matter, even if that truth hurts, that heart is all the wiser. When a prophetic voice acts on presumption or assumption, let me break the word up for you. My father taught me this. He was military. Assuming. Makes an ass out of you and me. Never assume anything. Don't ever assume it. Because God hates it when you presume and assume. You know what he's going to say about a matter. When God knows the heart. He knows the end from the beginning. And he is fed up with people playing his role and sitting on his throne. Matter of fact, you're not even supposed to be on his throne. He'll kick your butt out. You're supposed to be seated beside him in heavenly places. He's trying to get that acknowledged in this resting season, showing you his sovereignty right now, showing you that he's fully able to take the reins of your life and to drive the car, drive the wheel. He's not driving you, but he's taking you to heavenly places. We'll trust him. So yes, you've entered into a trust test now. You've entered into a trust test where you're learning to trust him again. Life. And for those who are stuck in the apparatus of good luck, good luck to you guys. We're moving on. So hence, a true prophet never assumes anything, but instead they run to God for everything. And true prophetic voices never pretend to know the truth unless they've sought God first because their perception of that truth could be off, dependent upon their heart condition, whether it's healthy or not. And this actually occurred with Lot when he had acquired a taste of the world, unbeknownst to himself. Did you know 
Lot didn't even know he was drawn to the world. A lot of the church doesn't even know they're drawn to the world. And it was partially Abram's fault, Abraham, because Abraham was a leader and he saw it happening, but he did nothing about it until the consequences showed up. People see this happening in church. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's, no leaders are. Until it gets so bad. Now it's getting so bad. God's getting up in their mix and he's saying, Get your butt in gear. A lot of you are losing your ministries because you refuse to acknowledge the truth. You refuse to deal with Jezebel. Look at the damage that thing has done to your body. When I told you in my word not to ever tolerate that spirit for that very reason, and you didn't listen because you didn't want to deal with the confrontations, you didn't want to deal with possibly losing people. Why would you want people like that in your congregation who refuse to change when their only strategy is to? Used by the devil to, to divide and conquer. They're sent in there to divide your church. So Abraham, because he didn't like confrontation, he was a peacemaker and he lived by faith. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. Spirit-filled. But sometimes we can cause our own unnecessary stress and burnout because we feel with our own heart conditions. Or our lack of confronting people with which is why we see so much stress and burnout in our world today. Where people are just emotionally and spiritually. When you live with people who purposefully choose to live by sight or the flesh, they become troublemakers because of how the flesh drives them and how those vessels are so easily manipulated by the devil unless deliverance is demanded. Why deliverance ministries are rising up on the scene right now. All you're fixing to see, churches will become deliverance ministries. Now on. So unless the truth is spoken, those hearts digress into deeper and deeper darkness. It's what we're seeing in the world. It's how 75% of the church got duped under that apparatus of They just trusted that one leader who always spoke to them. Oops, what if they're wrong? Blind or leading blind now? And since perception is reality, even wrong ones are what drive that heart and its thinking. So this is what drove Lot to choose an earthly city or a city of depravity where Abraham chose a heavenly city of much blessing and peace because the flesh will always lead a heart to darkness where the spirit always leads the heart in heart of peace. So we've got the new blessing coming on the scene right now for the church. Where we're talking about breakthrough, the breakthrough of an honest heart. Want breakthrough? Are you willing to go to whatever depths you need to go to to get that? I'm not talking about letting the breakthrough drive you. That's not what should drive you or lead you in your walk. Your passion is what should lead Christ. But God, notice the testing that we're stepping into right now because we've just come out of a very, very hard warfare season, a very, very hard testing. I knew all last year it was going to come into a crescendo effect and it was going to be really hard at the end, which it was. I'm so glad it's over. So very, very glad. But God will always give us a special word after hard testings which is where the remnant finds herself in at present. It's the place of rest. After having come out of a very hard war season, where we've had to experience the enemy taking things that were not theirs. But in this season, God is saying, let them, let them take it. Let others take what they want because God is saving the best for last to give you. And he always gives far more. Because now you're learning to wait on him. You're learning, hey, Connie, you're learning to wait on the truth. You're not compromising. You're not settling for seconds anymore. You're not trying to do it yourself. And Abraham had just come out of a season where he'd had his heart broken by Lot. But God took that situation and he healed it, healed his heart. And he made Abraham a blessing because he chose the right thing. Abraham chose the right thing. 
And instead of walking into burnout, creating more stress, Abraham walked into mega blessing, mega peace. Mega peace. So there were three victories that an honest heart actually get honest with. Lot wasn't dedicated. He wasn't a dedicated believer. So we're seeing a lot of believers right now. We're seeing the goats from the sheep. Okay, so we're seeing who's dedicated and who's not. Who's willing to walk their walk instead of just talking a talk. And so Abraham knew this. Abraham wasn't stupid. He was a smart uncle. Um, but he also knew God a little bit better. And he had enough compassion to know that Lot was a brother in Christ and he needed some help. So we're going to be walking in this season this year where we are going to see a lot of brothers and sisters who need some help. And you may not think that they deserve your help. They probably don't. They don't. After all their dogged pride and their arrogance in religion and demanding to be right when they know all along they were wrong. They were just refusing to acknowledge it because acknowledge them they're wrong. So Abraham came into the situation knowing how to battle the enemies in that spiritual arena. By faith, he knew how to do it all. He was battling these kings. Because he'd learned by the Spirit. So he'd been ready. He'd been equipped. So he knew what he was walking into when he stepped up to help Lot out. He knew what he was going back into when he went to the Lord about Lot. About this city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And all because Abraham had dealt with him. He dealt with his own heart condition first. And he had gotten honest with God when confronted and was willing. Bible, which brings us to Matthew 5, 27, and talking about surgery. This is the surgeon, the heart healer. And I think the real problem in our lives always begins with our heart. Always, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And Jesus, yeah, he's a surgeon, but he has to have patience willing to work with him so that he can refurbish their heart first. If you know the Bible, God tells us to deal drastically with sin, not to let it have a foothold in your life. But because the church was so desperate to have the same success as the world, it's a false type of success, by the way, because it's only temporary. When you try to play your own God, try to make things happen yourself, it's only temporary. Why do you think things started falling through your hands? Did the things that you tried to make happen? It never works out. Because God is not responsible to that which you've entrusted to him if you didn't establish it. He didn't build it. For the Lord builds a house. All those that build theirs alone labor in vain. So what we see right now is all these people trying to build with God's word. I'm going back and forth here. But these are false prophets, by the way. These are Balaam's prophets. These are fivefold ministers who are dysfunctional. They're trying to build and, and build alongside of God when God hasn't been giving them any instructions. Instead, they're judging. They're cursing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. They're getting jealous because of their heart conditions. And they're, then they curse some more. because They don't want you having more than they have. Because if you have more than they have, then that means they have to deal with themselves and why they're not blessed. So your building is only temporary. That means that church is falling into compromise. But God's spirits had to step back and draw back. So believers have stepped away from God's truth and his true way of loving, his true way of building now. So there's a huge obstacle then that stands in the way of the church from coming back. The obstacle is not. Because we live in a time where everybody seems to want to hear everything but the truth. So you want to hear the truth? You're not getting your life back. You're not ever going to find that blessing that Abraham was brought into. Because you're the obstacle or you're the elephant. I'm the elephant. Which is why the truth is always being, so sh it's being shut down purposefully. You know why it's being shut down, by the way? Or showed me this when I was writing this today shutting the truth down around you 
to purposefully keep our society away from God or to stop the new move of God, to stop revival, to stop Christianity from thriving, which would help America to come back into love. But in order to come back into love, we have to quit measuring ourselves by others, start measuring ourselves on who God says we are, good, bad, and the ugly. I don't want to go to you and have you just be my yes man. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to go to Cynthia and say, Cynthia, tell me, what do you think about me? What do you think? And, and you kind of, because I'm a leader over her. Oh, Dr. Miss. Oh, but actually, she'll tell me the truth. Prophet. Matter of fact, all of our leaders will tell us the truth. So, but if you surround yourself by people that just tell you what, what you want to hear, you're not ever going to get anywhere. So in order to come back to love, you're going to have to be willing to deal with some things about yourself. And you're going to have to be about your father's business in order to get over it and get on with it. Because what God says is right may not be something you want to hear. And what God says is right instead of what man thinks is right is something you need to hear. Because man compromises by his version of not to have to deal with it. Brings us to Psalm 6. Pretty good. Wrapping it up. Friday afternoon. And it's when the test makes you think you're going to die. Thought when you hit December. How many of you felt like you weren't going to make it through the It was that hard. It was hard. Went to the I said, God, this is taking a This is hard. I need you to do something. I need you say anything to me. Then we hit that rest. We've been we've done everything we knew to do to pray. We've everything you told us to do. And I knew it was coming to something like that. I just wasn't sure when. And I'm so grateful that it showed up when it did. But then when it did finally hit, the rest hit, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was like, oh, did we mess up? Did we miss it? Without realizing we'd stepped into a test. And then the Lord told me, he said, Missy, this is exact words. He said, Miss, enjoy the rest. I was like, uh, and then I had all of our team following me like, Dr. Missy, are, are we still praying? Are we still doing this? Are we still a team? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yes, we are. We are. We are. I had, I'm thinking, I just, went on what is this but it sure feels so good it feels freaking good finally get to that good place and so that was the hard place david found himself in when his faith was grown out of sickness and pain and he literally thought he was going to die because the testing had become so hard he was surrounded by enemies on all sides he was in deep so discouraged but he didn't waver in his faith waver in his faith and he prayed god for grace mercy you know anything about the difference between religion and the new covenant and this is what differentiates the people stuck in the apparatus of religion versus those who are coming in grace of god bosses to grace it's that they understand the difference between grace and religion this came in with Grace, 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 grace. He wasn't, he was the judge. He is the judge, but he had grace. And I imagine that this judge has tremendous grace for humanity. Let me tell you the difference. Mercy is when God doesn't, doesn't give you what you really deserve. You deserve to go to hell. We deserve to go to hell. But grace came in give us what we don't deserve. Jesus came in, give us, bring it more abundantly. So sometimes a heart deserves to be punished for its lack of obedience, but it's in God's mercy. He uses all things to draw that heart back in. So what's the seat of the body of Christ now in for, for those who are choosing Listen, and so we're in a season where I believe God is going to help those hearts who have been arrogant and their determination to do things their own way. 
2023 is going to be a year where those hearts will have one last although they're going to go through calamity they're going to go through hardship we'll be i told you pressure pressure for those people who chose to stay the same but that pressure has been brought in to push you up the mountain if you'll listen if not the darkness will overtake you Help you turn into truth and to walk. You're going to turn into truth or you're going to walk out its consequences. Okay? So the Lord's saying, will you act like Lot? Choosing to live life on your own terms and live life by the world and the flesh? Or are you going to be like Abraham? Man or woman after God's own heart, knowing when to press in deeper, the deeper parts of God's truth into his heart in order to step out of the enemy's camp back into God's kingdom. Because we're currently in a time of transition in many hearts, valley of decision, while truth marching towards bringing back the spirit of truth God. But if I were you, I wouldn't wait until you came into the Because if you don't got truth behind you, Right behind it. If I'd be seeking the Lord about my own heart condition, or God has to come in in, in order that I ensure I can align. But like David, David's, David's bed became a place of, not a bed of trial, because he listened to the Lord. So God was able to help him to come back into this and this is the place most Christians find them. Because you're either alive, misaligned, because of the Spirit allowing. Understand, God's a spirit, the devil's a spirit, and you're a spirit. The spirit that you submit to is the spirit that flows through. You may think you're as great as pumpkin pie, but if you're nasty spirit, that spirit is directing your thoughts and your actions and your prayers. You're not so sweet. The spew. Which brings us to Proverbs 1 29 through 33. Wrap up today. Popping in about 58 minutes. We're doing great. But it says, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, they would not accept. God's advice, and they spurned his rebuke. Hence, they will eat the fruit of their own ways and be filled with the fruit of their own schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me, says the Lord, will live in safety, obedience, without fear. Courage. I'm encouraged. Encouraged. I I do well when I know what I'm dealing with. I'm so practical as far as far as I think about life. I'm a logical. I know what I'm dealing with. Go with it. I'm like, okay, gotta get cleaned up. Let's do this thing, God. I don't have anything to hide. I don't believe we have anything to hide. Intimacy is into. I want you to see my heart. I want you to see who I really. If I'm somebody you might want to be friends. That's how Jesus is. I'm letting you see who I am. I definitely know who you are, but you're so busy hiding yourself from me, Adam. So busy hiding yourself from me as though God doesn't know who we are. We are. But are we willing to acknowledge who we are? You guys go ahead. We can. I'm going to go grab some Mexican food and I'm going to enjoy myself this evening. And then I will look forward to seeing you. But until then, you guys be blessed. We'll be talking soon.